and cast him out. Amen? And, and Jesus said, in fact, that's the first thing he said, uh, was that we were to cast out devils. Now, we don't need to forget that, do we? There is a devil, there are demon spirits, and we have authority and power to cast them out. We don't need to be ashamed of that. If people have misused that and gone crazy with that, so what? They went crazy with communion in the Bible, getting drunk in church and everything else. They, you know, they went crazy with speaking in tongues, evidently, and got all, you know, crazy with that. People usually take something to the extreme, no matter what it is. But that doesn't mean we lose the truth of it. And, and that doesn't mean we let go of the power of what God is saying to us. So he said, be, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, and then he says who it is. It doesn't say God is your adversary. He doesn't say the Holy Spirit's opposing you or, or, you know, that Jesus is trying to teach you something through whatever you're going through. He says, your adversary, the devil. So I think this is something we can be dogmatic about. Amen? We can be dogmatic about it. Well, it's controversial nowadays. Well, everything's controversial, right? And you know, you think the simplest truths are controversial. The simple truth of the Word of God. Really, the Bible's controversial, isn't it? I remember when I wrote my book, God Loves Women, uh, I had a friend, believe it or not, a friend that told me, can't you write something less controversial? And I said, God loves women is controversial. <laughs> I mean, the, what is, you know, controversial about that? So I think that, you know, <laughs> I think you just have to, uh, read the word and, 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 and out of the mouth of two or, th- or three witnesses, let every word be established, right? And we see this, uh, as we know, that Satan is our adversary. Now look at the rest of the scripture. As a roaring lion, he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. So he is trying to devour people. John 10.10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Here it says he's trying to devour Then it says in verse 9, whom resist? Resist the devil. Think about it. Resist him. You know, we don't just take everything that comes to our door. We had someone ring the doorbell at our house. We were kind of surprised that somebody would just come to our door. But they they wanted to do something, and we refused their services. You can refuse whatever they come to bring you. If they come with a package, you don't have to take it. You can leave it on the store, uh, the doorstep, or you can say take it back. Or you don't have to take everything that comes to you. Amen. And I was so glad to find that out. I thought I have a choice about my life, about my destiny, and I found out that I do have a choice, and that God told me in the Word, choose life. Don't choose death. But the way of the the adversary, our adversary, is death. He's really always trying to devour. Sickness is just a part of death, really, working in our bodies, in our physical bodies. And thank God the life of God can drive that out. Amen? Hallelujah. So let the life of God, let the Word of God drive out that sickness and disease out of your body. 
We are to resist him, how? Steadfast. And that means with some determination. (laughs) Steadfast. Standing fast and standing on the word of God in faith, it says here. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world, but the God of all grace. Hallelujah who called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So that's always the end. See, you can see the end from the beginning in the word. When something attacks your body, you can say, the scripture right here, I know I'm going to be made perfect, I'm going to be established, I'm going to be strengthened through this, and I'm going to be settled. Amen? That's the end from the beginning. You start saying what you want to see happen in your physical body and refuse it. You know, um, when, when, if people, if I'm not feeling good and people are saying, you know, what's wrong? I, I don't say, well, I have a cold or I think I have the flu or I think, I'll, I'll always say words like this. I'm fighting. <laughs> I'm fighting the flu. I don't allow it. You know, don't, don't, don't receive it. Receive the love of God. Receive the health of God. Receive the strength of God and refuse to allow other things to work in your body. When you think about it, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Well, does sickness and disease belong in the temple of the Holy Ghost? Of course not. Only godliness and holiness and goodness and peace and joy belong in the temple of the Holy Ghost. So we can refuse it, amen? We can, as this uh, scripture says, resist it. you got to put up some resistance, though. Amen. And thank God we know how to do that, don't we? We know how to resist the devil. And the Bible says when we resist him, he flees. So that's what he has to do when we resist him. So back in Luke chapter 13, again, we see that the that Jesus said, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years. So he's saying several things here. He said she ought to be healed. (laughs) She ought to be healed. She's a daughter of Abraham. And we remember all the blessings of Abraham. You can see them all in Deuteronomy chapter 28. covers all kinds of diseases. And sicknesses, and if it's not listed there, it says whatever's not listed is covered as well. So this gal was in covenant with God, a daughter of Abraham, and yet, for some reason, and what, what I think probably was, it was ignorance. Yeah. Maybe she just didn't know that she had a right. She ought to be healed. 18 years she's walking around in this condition, and she should have been healed. <laughs> Don't you know she would have kicked herself thinking I could have been healed 18 years ago and I've been living? Think about 18 years of your life. But here she is in covenant with God and and uh, bound. But Jesus said she ought to be released. She ought to be free from this. And um, it's so easy. It's just like uh, untying, untying her, releasing her from this. And he did. Through his word. Now, I know in my, my life, in my situations, 
through the years. I really uh, didn't know for so long that healing belonged to me as a child of God. I had no idea. We weren't taught that. We really didn't even know that the devil was real. I remember years ago in, in our denominational church, we went, we lived in Atlanta during the winter in Panama City Beach in the summer because of our family business. It was a motel on the beach, but my parents wanted us to experience Atlanta and have a little better education than what was provided then in Panama City Beach. It's gotten better, but at that time it was kind of rough. So um, we go to Atlanta during the school year, and we went to a church there that was very prestigious. It was in the heart center of Buckhead and and very well known, the governor of Georgia attended our church. <laughs> it was just super, super nice, beautiful. Uh, however, we, we just, we weren't taught the word. You know, we, we, it was, it was more religion or, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't the word of God as much as what, what we know today. Thank God that we've learned and grown, still got a ways to go, but, um, I remember The Exorcist, the movie The Exorcist came out. Do you remember? And um, scared all of us. So our pastor got up on Sunday morning and said, now we didn't have Sunday night services, but he said, tonight we're going to have a special Sunday night service and we're going to talk about this movie, The Exorcist, and we're going to talk about if demons are real. Well, everybody gasped because <laughs> we didn't know anything about demons. We never heard anything about if the, of the devil. We didn't even just didn't even mention it. And my mother was so excited that afternoon. She said, "I'm going to church tonight. I'm going to find out if demons are real." <laughs> and so, um, so she did, and he did. He said that demons are real. She was wildly excited when she got home that night, saying, "They are real." <laughs> Uh, explains a lot. Now the sad part, the sad part about this is that we have been raised in church. I was on the cradle roll. You know what that is? Like when in the nursery, baptized in water. We, you know, had been to church Sunday school and training union and et cetera, et cetera. All, my mother had been in church all her life. And yet didn't know if demons were real. Now, how can you fight against something if you don't know it's real? How can you resist something if you don't even know it exists? And countless scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, about this subject. So we see the importance of understanding who your enemy is, uh, not so you can be so infatuated with him, but so that you can trample over him and realize he is under your feet. You have complete and total authority over him. And not only do you need to know that in your daily walk, you need to know that in your prayer life. Amen? And uh, you need to know that when, when it's concerning your children or your grandchildren. I love what Lester Summerall told us one time. He came to our church years ago to preach. And he came several times, and we just loved having him. But one of the times he said, you know, I get all my family together and we have dinner once a month. If, you know, if he's traveling, he would do it as often as he could, but at least once a month, he said they would get together and he'd have all his grandchildren and all his children at the table because I just want to look over them and make sure no demons are getting on them. 
And I thought, oh yeah. The Bible says watch and pray, right? Watch and pray. And he was watching over his family. He didn't want any demons. Now he knew a lot about demonic activity. If you've read any of his, his materials, and maybe if you haven't, you need to get it and read and listen to his teachings because he had some amazing encounters uh, in casting out devils and demonic activity in his ministry. And so uh, I think we could learn a lot from that. So we need to uh, know who our enemy is. Don't be deceived about who the enemy is. And I believe in doing that, it will give you a greater compassion for mankind. You, you have a greater compassion even for people who are hurting you or who are hurting others. Uh, you realize that the victims are not just the victims, that even the perpetrators are the victims because there's a devil that drives them. And it can give you a, a greater love for mankind. And really, it's easier then to do as Jesus said and pray for your enemies. I mean, I had a hard time with that scripture. <laughs> Pray for my enemies. Bless them that curse you. Um, and, and until I found out that the, the wicked spirits behind that person are just as uh, as much tormenting them than, than they are tormenting me through them. Amen? So it gives you a compassion for people. My father was hit and killed on the way home from church by a drunk driver. And... Um, you know, we were shocked and dismayed. He was such a wonderful man, a wonderful father, a wonderful husband, and, and a wonderful citizen, et cetera, uh, business owner, and well-loved in his community. And here he is, you know, killed on the way home from church one night. And um, so this young man that killed him was out drinking all afternoon because he had broken up with his girlfriend and had been to six or seven different bars, they said, and... He doesn't even remember, but he was 25 and and he was paralyzed in the wreck from his neck down. So it was horrible for everybody. I was pregnant with my first child, which was my dad's first grandchild, and he was so excited. The day that he was killed, he brought a antique bassinet home that he was going to surprise me with, but he never got to get give it to me because of this situation. And um, so, you know, in times like that, you could get really resentful and angry and um, uh, emotional and all the other things. But the, the Spirit of, of God really ministered to me once again about our adversary. And I remember as all the family came over that night after we gathered together, after we heard the news, and uh, a lot of my family aren't Pentecostal. They're denominational, and they might not, they, they probably kind of knew what I knew, which was not too much about spiritual warfare and what goes on. But I told them that night, I said, <laughs> I don't know why, I just felt like I've had enough right now, and I don't want to hear y'all say, God killed my dad. So I don't want to hear anybody say that. I don't want to hear anybody here say that this was the will of God because it wasn't the will of God. There's nothing about this that's good. And God is good. And the devil's bad. So the devil did this. And, you know, I, I could see them all you know, kind of shrinking back. But 
I think that we need to identify in situations like that who's who. Amen? Identify who's who. Well, if your dad was so good, how did the devil get to him? Well, we had a really nice house one time and the, a thief broke in and stole a lot of our things. The devil is not just. He's unjust. And just like Pastor said this morning, he will come against you when you're in the will of God. He'll come against you when you're out of the will of God. <laughs> he is roaming about, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Amen. And uh, there's there's interesting things that happened before my dad was was killed. You know, I think we were warned, and I think we could have done uh, probably some things that <laughs> that you know the Lord tells you things and gives you some ideas about things uh, before something like that happens. But His mercy endures forever, and um, He can always make up the difference. You know, when my life, he said it would be a father to the fatherless. And he certainly has been that for me again and again. And just in tremendous ways, you know. Um, I remember, some of this is, is testi- testimony, but I think it helps, doesn't it? When you share things like this. Because but people go through a lot of stuff, don't they? And I know it's not just me that's been through some stuff, but I know many of you have too. But I remember, you know... Uh, the Spirit of God saying, you know, I will be a father to you. I'll be a father to the fathers. I, when your mother and your father forsake you, I will take you up. So I just always felt like I have kind of some special privileges here, you know, because I'm without parental help. And um, so I just really relied on the Lord. And he would send people into my life that were beautiful blessings. I remember when Brother Hagen came to do a meeting for us in Panama City Beach, we had uh, rented the convention center there, and um, I'll never forget it because it meant so much to me. We, He and Mom Hagen and I were walking out the back door of the convention center after the meeting was over, and Brother Hagen put his arm around me, and you know, it was that was a little different, and he said, you know, Scarlett, you're our girl. You will always be our girl. And I thought that's that's part of what the Lord says when He said, "I will take I will take you up, I will be a father to the fatherless." Amen. And so, uh, you know, if you just stick with His word, and then forgive those who you think you know has done you wrong or or been a menace in your life, or you know, I remember through my first divorce when uh, Satan. Just blew up everything in our lives. I remember uh, kind of feeling sorry for myself and saying, you know, this man has ruined my life because I was 40. And I thought, you know, the best years of my life, he's ruined my life. And I heard the Spirit of God say, are you going to give him that kind of power? And I thought... Well, you know, you're right. He doesn't have that kind of power to ruin my life. You know, and and people don't have the power to ruin your life. Now, we have the power to ruin our own life, and it's in our tongue. But thank God we know better, don't we? And um, certainly Satan doesn't have power to ruin your life. You have authority over him. Praise God. And always remember that. Always remember there's someone behind the scenes. And you have authority over him. We have authority 
over the enemy. Now, what does he most uh, want to destroy? Well, he wants to destroy people's lives, people's marriages. He hates marriage because it represents the church. And he hates churches. So we have to know that these are things that in our lives we must resist him when he comes against our individual lives, our marriages, and even our churches. Praise God. We must resist him and he has to flee. So this woman, uh, the Bible says, and we'll read it one more time and then, and then we'll go, just to reiterate this and, and bring it to a close. Verse 11, And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, was bowed together, and in no wise lift herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Now, was she, was she still bound? Was she still bowed over when he said that? Yes. But he spoke the word, didn't he? And we keep speaking the word. And wonderful things happen. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. That spirit of infirmity loosed her when he spoke the word. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for this evening that we can come to you, that we can uh, know that you're always good. And we have an adversary who's always bad. And that there is no fellowship between the two. For darkness has no place in the light. And we thank you for the freedom that Jesus has given us to walk in the light, to walk through adversity, that you make a way every time, every time you make a way, because Jesus is the way. When we are in trials, when we are in temptations, when there are tests in our lives, and when the adversary is roaming about, we thank you, Lord. We shall fear no evil, for thou art with us. We thank you, Lord, for your assurance, for your promises. And we pray, especially tonight, for those who are here and for those who are listening, that the healing power of God is released in their body, that they are free from sickness and disease, that they are covenant children of the Most High God, our healer. And tonight, we speak, we declare, and we decree total restoration in physical bodies. Miracle working power right now. Miracles, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you and we honor you in every way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.